The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute, but then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this World Cup edition of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. 30 minutes of some beers, some dirty plays, some traders, and the World Cup. Uh, hashtag HopPD. Yes, hashtag uh, I am an uncultured American. <laughs> Armand in Texas, Jake in Minnesota. I'm Steven. Follow us on Twitter, Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. Midweek, we'll have our Texas perspective looking at the relocation of the Columbus crew. So check that out. We have San Antonio uh, Managing Director Tim Holt and then Chris Biles. He's a freelance journalist down in Austin, Texas, and he's going to be giving his insight to what's going on with the city council and pre-court's decision to move to Austin. But, boys, the World Cup is here. On a scale of 0 to 100, how excited have we been through the opening couple of days? 105 throughout every single game. I don't know. It's just been a great World Cup. I've enjoyed, honestly, every single match I've seen. It's been fine. It's been fine. It's been all right. There's been some bad games. I I have to admit some more boring games. But I think overwhelmingly the games have been exciting. They've had punch. They've had drama. And that's all you could ask for. This is too bad the U.S. men's national team isn't there. That, That really stings. When you see the crowd reactions of all the countries, whether it's Denmark and Copenhagen or in Peru or in Brazil or Buenos Aires, all these people cheering together. And it's like here in America, we just, I guess, don't it, do anything because we don't. Yeah, have a I just want to take this time. I just want to take this time to announce that if there's any company out there that's willing to pay for me to root for El Tree, uh, Mexico, <laughs> I'm available. I will listen to any offer. Um, I take... All forms of uh, payment, cash, credits, whatever. Gold. Um, gold. Whatever you got. I, I, <laughs> I'm listening. I, Glenn and Donovan has, and Alexi Lawless have made me uh, reconsider my stance on maybe I should cheer for El Tree. And uh, it comes at a price. <laughs> it's <laughs> What a terrible, terrible move by Landon Donovan. Let me let me tell you this. It wasn't necessarily him uh, going for Mexico and getting paid for. Okay, I'm fine with that, whatever. It was his response to Carlos Bocornega that really bothered me, in which he basically was like, hey, like, 
like questioning his heritage because a guy didn't really want to go for his team's sporting rival. You know, you've had competition with these guys for years, and now all of a sudden you're gonna do that. I mean, like I said, I it's not like you hate the people; you just don't support the team because they're your rivals. I don't hate. It's got nothing hate, to do with the Mexican yeah, people. It's got nothing yeah, to do with that. It's just nothing. it's There's sports nothing. rivalry. You're if you take rivalries and the hatred behind that out of the games, they become bland. They become boring. And then what does what's the point of even showing up anymore? Right. If you're a Patriots fan, Stephen, it'd be like if you all of a sudden decided, hey, you know, I'm going to cheer for the New York Jets. I just, I just no, want to no, see no, the no. New York it would be Jets like, do good. It would be like somebody or saying the Steelers. It, it would it would or, or far putting on a Vikings jersey. <laughs> oh wait, that happened. <laughs> no, but it would be asking the Red Sox to cheer on the Yankees. It'd be asking Real Madrid fans to support Barcelona in the Champions League final because they come out of the same country or playing the same league. Yeah, it's it's idiotic. I wouldn't. I can enjoy the way El Tree plays, but I'm not gonna go say, yeah, I love El Tree. My number one, my other team is El Tree. And to ask Bill to do that and to come back at Carlos Bocanegra in such a just negative, just and did, bring the the, did, the country, it's just I don't get it. I, I don't understand it either. I think Lexi Lawless was paid by Fox. I think there was, I don't, I think that hurt him to say those words. I think Fox pushed him to do it. John, your home for L Tree. <laughs> that, that gets me every time when I hear Alexi laugh stuff like that. It's 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 so bad. I'm, but I mean, it's not bad to support L Tree. I just didn't like the way Donald went about it, and especially in a tweet when he came back and said, "Yeah, do you like how this country is treating uh, the the Mexican people?" And it's like, dude, no one is saying let's hate on Mexican people. Everyone's saying. We love Mexico. We love the culture. We just don't support their team because that's a rivalry. It's not like – actually, I don't know if it's true, but do Boston people really hate New Yorkers? So no, much you, don't, that, you, know, you don't hate the people, but it's fun to exactly. have. You're a New Yorker. Like, screw off. You know, get out of Boston. You go to Bo- you go to Boston. Oh, you're from Boston? Get out of here. You know, this is New York. I don't know. You go back and forth. It's it's fun. I, I, I don't know how to describe it. Would Argentina ever support Brazil? No. No way. My friend hates Argentina, and he's a Brazilian, and he hates them so much that when even when like Brazil is in there, he just send memes of uh, Messi like crying or something. Like whenever like Argentina would lose, is they hate each other. You wouldn't expect that, and I just don't like his response back to Bocanegra, and it really put a sour taste in my mouth. And Landon Donovan has been, especially since two years ago, he questioned the I guess commitment of dual nationals like the german the german americans which i think is far beyond more messed up than not supporting well it was l tree absolutely and it, to, to go further amy wambach also questioned the commitment of foreign-born americans whether or not they had a right on the national team when jürgen klinsman picked all the fabian johnsons the john brooks julian greens it's ridiculous and it's ridiculous and the fact that this guy this guy said that it put a, a really sour taste in my mouth i mean he just i guess for some reason it sounds forever salty that he didn't make the uh 2014 world cup roster and it's a and it's a joke i mean steve uh personally me and steven i guess really don't like Lennon donovan <laughs> uh, 
to, to put it to 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 put oh, it nicely. We're we're putting this on the record now, huh? <laughs> yeah, to, we to, have to, no to chance of ni- interviewing him now. But... Yeah, no chance. But to put it to put it nicely, I just he was a good player. But I mean, off the field, what you take like a three three month break to go to Cambodia, right? <laughs> like no to to relax and whatnot while everyone else is R and R playing with their teams, like. And then you're gonna come out and say these things. It just really made it just really made me angry that you're gonna question the dual nationals when they're some of the more harder working players on the team that are committed to the U.S. And then you're gonna come out to Carlos Bocanegra you're gonna say, "Oh, what about your Mexican heritage, man? You forgetting? All oh, this country treats Mexicans bad. It's a X Y no correlation, buddy. That there's no correlation between those two. Like well, I, I, I can say, I can say, I can say." Um, as an American, I don't want to see El Tree win, but I can also say I love Mexico. I love the people. There's no correlation between the two. I, it's it's a bad it's a bad visual from Landon Donovan, and Lexi Lawless should kiss Landon Donovan on the mouth because we're no longer talking <laughs> about Lexi Lawless's hashtag support El Tree. Now it's all Landon Donovan and. Stupid Wells Fargo commercial. Can, I threw up can, a little bit when I saw it. I was like, you're getting paid to put on that shirt? Can I read you a Kyle Martino tweet from yesterday afternoon? Oh, love, give it to us. Okay, so Kyle Martino uh, tweeted uh, yesterday afternoon this. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was a really good tweet, and I think it uh, uh, works volumes. well with what you said. Speaks volumes and kind of builds off of what you just said about a U.S. national team player uh, making money off of El Tri. Uh, Kyle Martino tweets, can't tell you how disappointing it is to have made personal and financial sacrifices to try and hold our federation accountable only to see former U.S. men's national team players profit off the result of that poor governance by asking U.S. fans to support our rivals in a tournament we failed to reach. Wow. Kyle Martino for president. Not of U.S. soccer, but of America. That was brilliant. Kyle Martino's a good man. I like it. I remember we interviewed him. Yeah, no, but, I mean, how are you going to ask U.S. fans? It's just, it's annoying. By the way, way, I want to read the tweet that I keep referring to uh, between Landon Donovan and Carlos Bocanegra. So Landon posted that picture of, you know, my other team is Mexico. Bocanegra replied, really? And Donovan goes, you grew up in Southern California and owe much of your soccer skill to playing with Mexicans. Your father is of Mexican descent, a hand slap emoji in the face, or face slap emoji in the face. Look around our country. Are you happy with how we are treating Mexicans? Open your mind. Stand for something. And remember where you came from. Like, X, Y, no correlation. It's, 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 it's I think a joke. It's- it's Landon Donovan realizing he made one massive mistake. How can any American look at him and say he's goat? He, he, betray- it, he betrays. <laughs> it's it's Christian Pulisic. He betrays the country <laughs> he supports. He's, I mean, up until the you know the 2010 World Cup when he scored last minute against uh, Algeria. How wonderful was that? A wonderful moment etched in history. We're ne- we're gonna look at that, and then the next sentence is gonna be, "But he supports Eltree. But he supports Eltree. But he supported Eltree. But he supports Eltree. But he made a commercial for Wells Fargo that supported Eltree. 
He is. But he would have a fellow US uh, or a US men's national team legend and basically was like, wow, open, op- open your mind and stand for something. Remember where you came from. Basically questioning his heritage uh, because he says, I'm not going to support Eltree in the World Cup. It's a joke. I mean, we all are sitting here right now after the uh, Mexico-Germany game saying, wow, Mexico played brilliant football. It was fun to watch, exciting. But we can say that and still say we don't support El Tri. I think that's pretty fair, right? I just I, I, I don't like how Don went about it. I hate his response to Bocanega. And genuinely, he has ruined my perspective of him in terms of national team. It wasn't that good to begin with, to be fair. But now it's, pretty, <laughs> now it's worse. Anyway, 2026, uh, the World Cup will be coming to America. Do you think Landon Donovan will be supporting Mexico then too? Oh yeah, for sure, man. The better question is the better question is who will Hope Solo be supporting? Because she did not want the 2026 (laughs) bid going to uh, United States, Canada, and Mexico. Uh, It's who is Hope Solo going to be pulling for? So I guess Morocco, right? I guess Morocco. (laughs) Hopefully they qualify. Um, let, let's transition to the actual World Cup. Overall thoughts, just how would you sum up so far? Chaos. Lots of just results that not a lot of people were expecting. And it's an eye-opener to the people who don't watch soccer outside of Premier League or, or something like that. That, you know, teams sometimes won't play beautifully to get a result on the world's biggest stage. I don't know how hard of a concept it is for people to understand Especially pundits who, <laughs> this is their job, right? This is their job to analyze oh, soccer, right? Right. Yep. So wait, so so how? So you watch all these games. How is anyone that has watched three of Iran's games surprised that Iran played in the defensive shell? And that that's the way they played. They played that. They played at last World Cup too. It might be the most entertaining. They might be simple, but they won. They're up on top of Group B. Swiss apparently played boring, but I thought they played fine. They got the result. But I, I think people just want teams to get completely destroyed. There's, there's just stupid. too many. There's too many people that don't that, that just watch the Premier League or the Bundesliga or La Liga, and they're just seeing Real Madrid, Barcelona, Chelsea, Manchester City, Tottenham, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund. They're just seeing those teams constantly, which those are teams that aren't going to sit back, uh, you know, when they're when they're playing, and they're going to go and be on the front foot and attack constantly. And then you go to the World Cup now, and you are going to see teams like Switzerland play teams like Brazil and have to kind of slow things down and muck things up, if you will. No, you're right. But you know what they should do? These these pundits, these Americans who cry that it's not a beautiful game, watch MLS because it's a result-based <laughs> business. Yeah, you're going to have to travel on the road and play on a turf that's about 100 degrees. Where do you think the game's going to be? It's not going to be flashy. It's going to be a slow-paced game. You have different styles. You have different continents. They play differently. You have different players. Not everybody has Neymar on their team or Messi or Ronaldo. Yes, the Spain-Portugal game was riveting and it was fun. But Serbia also clawed out a result against Costa Rica. They made nice passes in the middle. They necessarily couldn't necessarily finish them off. They won one nothing. But let me remind you, 2010 World Cup, Spain ultimately went on to lift the trophy, but they lost their opener to Switzerland one nothing. Then they got to the round of 16, beat Portugal one nothing. Oh, they got to the quarterfinals and played Paraguay. Oh, they won by a scoreline of one nothing. They played Germany in the semifinals with a scoreline of 
one nothing. They went to the final and played Holland with a scoreline of one nothing in the hundred and what sixteenth minute. And boy, was that World Cup final boring as hell. <laughs> Two thousand and sixteen <laughs> European Championships. Portugal finished third in the group, drawing three straight. They beat Croatia one nothing. They beat Poland on penalties. Yes, they got by Wales two nothing. They beat France in extra time one nothing. Were Portugal brilliant? I guess so, but they were just brilliant enough to get through the results. But it wasn't beautiful. It was very defensive. They relied on Ronaldo when they needed it. But other than that, please, pundits. It, it's god-awful when pundits sit there and go, wow, that was boring. Switzerland got a huge point versus Brazil. And half these pundits did their research. It pisses me off when we have to watch buses of Portugal and Spain go to wherever they are going to Russia when you got Morocco and Iran playing an important World Cup game. For both countries who want to progress... They needed the three points because they had absolutely no shot of losing and then trying to beat Portugal or Spain. Like, come on, guys. And, and the, the, the Fox broadcast as a whole has been terrible. I have nothing against the guys themselves. But I was expecting something a little more brilliant from these people. Or from the company or whatever they're doing. I'm tired of watching the same Rob Stone trotting out the lineup twice in an hour. At one point, we get it. Either do it just before the game or do it at the beginning of the show. But don't tell me, here's the lineup twice, and then I already know what the lineup is. None of us care to know what the lineup is. Just put it up once. That's it. Then talk about the matchups. And when what, you was do your t- gripe? What, what was your gripe when, uh, yeah, you're about to hit this, your gripe about the Swiss and Brazil? Oh, yeah. stars to watch. Oh, Jordan Shakiri. He plays for Stoke. Here's Neymar, here's Marcelo, here's Coutinho. Like, come on, guys, do a little more research. I don't, everybody knows the big stars of Brazil. But I don't enlighten the viewer, Jake, like somebody like Jake, who kind of knows soccer, probably doesn't know about the smaller countries, about the, the Swiss players. <laughs> no, I, I, not nothing against Jake. Let me know more. shots. No, but let, yeah, me know more, let me know more about Iran. Let me know more about Morocco, besides that the fact that one of their center plaques play at Juventus. What's really interesting is Morocco had a ton of Dutch ties. I didn't know that. I found that was fascinating. It was one of the highlights that they Fox pointed out. Good for them, right? Tell me more about the you Serbian know. team. Let me know more about Costa Rica, maybe the ties to MLS, and maybe how MLS has improved the team. None of them touch on that. It, 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 tell me more about Australia, how they, you know, how Kim K, Tim Cahill's playing in his fourth World Cup and has a chance to score in four different World Cups. Tell me more about Peru and the legend of Peru and, the, and, and how s- significance that stripe is on that jersey. Tell me about the 80s. Tell me why it means so much to them. But no, they don't. I don't know what they do. I don't know if these, these commentators do their research. You watch NFL Network, half the guys do their research on the NFL teams and it illustrates in their bad commentary. I mean, uh, if you read some Brazilian reporters, they expected a one-one. Some there was a guy, in the, there was a Brazilian uh, reporter in the Swiss newspaper, and he goes, "I wouldn't be surprised if the game ended one-one." Yeah, and I just and rant right. And we can done. We can click. We, the, we can speak. You guys can speak. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, um, 
I've been watching the games on Telemundo, so I really don't, I can't give you that perspective. But I know a lot of complaints are that the game cuts away too early. And, oh yes, uh, Telemundo. I haven't, I haven't seen that issue. I haven't seen that issue once. They've been there, done that, and it looks it looks really it looks really good. It's it's just one of those just things that you're you're you're. Wa- I was watching halftime of Iran and Morocco, and like you said, you see the two buses of. Portugal and Spain. The guys were joking at the restaurants out there. Like, wow, I guess no one cares that much that we're uh, limited to watching the buses stroll in and out. But no, I give I give credit to the the, the broadcast crew of Derek Ray and Ali Wagner because I think they came in with a lot more knowledge of Iran compared to other other the the past. Strong, like said, strong, and and Stuart Holdem. I I have grown to really like them. I really have. I like yeah. their commentary. I'm, I'm used to them now. Like it's like when I turn on Fox Sports and I want somebody commentating on a soccer match, Champions League, or the U.S. Men's National Team. I want nobody else but them too. <laughs> well, <laughs> you made a point. There was yeah. There's a lot to take in here because uh, you two are more emotionally invested in this World Cup than I am because you both have sides that you are tied to nationally yes. where I like, you know, I'm looking for that uh, L tree sponsor. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, so I'm not really like, I watch the game and then I, I just turn it off immediately. I don't care to watch the studio show. Um, I don't give a, you know what to no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care what Alexi Lawless thinks about Me too. how Morocco. Yeah. Well, we know, uh, how Morocco, uh, played or, I just don't care. So the one thing I will say, and I think Armand, it was you that touched on this, um, or maybe it was even Steven, uh, how Fox immediately goes away from the game as soon as it's over. It drove me nuts after watching the Argentina-Iceland match that as soon as that the whistle blew, it was, let's go back to Red Square. And I, I just thought it was interesting considering you have a guy in Messi who missed a penalty kick and his team drew to a team they probably should have beat, right? I mean, Argentina is the favorite in that group, and they just, you know, they, they couldn't get that second goal. So you have him at the center of the field just kind of staring down at his feet, just asking what the hell just happened. You have the Icelandic players that are through the roof because they got a result against arguably one of the best teams in the world, one and they're the celebrating with their fans. Yeah, the favorites. And they're celebrating with their fans – they're doing the thunder clap or the Viking clap, whatever it's called. They're doing that. They're, I think, at one point there was a fan or a player that kind of jumped into the stands and was hugging some of the fans. And instead, what do I get? Uh, I get about three minutes of commercials, <laughs> and then I get Rob Stone saying, "And we're going to go to the U.S. Open and FS1." And then you tune into FS1, and then it's NASCAR coverage, and we got to wait until the NASCAR coverage is over. And then once the NASCAR coverage is over, then it goes to uh, Argentina, Iceland, and you maybe get a minute or two of seeing what's going on uh, in Russia. And then we go back to the studio, and now now, now all of a sudden we're going to have <laughs> Rod Stone, Alexi Lawless, whoever, Gus Hiddink, or whoever the hell is on the, <laughs> the studio with him, uh, then talk to me about why Messi is staring at his feet and look at how look at how great this is for the Icelandic people. Did you know that they only have three hundred thousand people on the island, the size of Corp- Corpus Christi, Texas, and yada 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 yada? Like, I, I don't know. I, that that stopped me the most. And 
we all we we all were complaining about this um, yesterday too. The the commentators for the Peru Denmark game drove us all through the damn wall. Just it's soccer time <laughs> when the the balls kicked off to start the game, and then the the set piece. I don't know if it was in the first half or the second half. Were I think it was Denmark. It may have been Peru. I can't even I can't even talk about this without laughing. Um, <laughs> He's, the guy who's taking the free kick is standing over the ball, and he's about ready to take the kick, and you get ready, set, fire! <laughs> and it's like, what is this? Like, like, like this is worse. <laughs> this is worse than Gus Johnson calling the Champions League four years ago or five years ago, whatever that was. Like, it was so bad. But what redeemed it for me though was the cool runnings reference that was made uh, in the latter part of the second half. But beyond that. It was it was so bad it was funny and nobody I know you two aren't baseball people but anybody who's a baseball person they, they should know this if if you've ever watched a Chicago White Sox game with uh, Hawk Harrelson calling the game it's so bad it's funny that you can't not listen to it that you just you're like well I gotta tune in to listen to what outrageous thing he's gonna say this is terrible but it's great I, I gotta I want to listen to his cheesy home run call and his corny strikeout call or i guess you could also liken it to gus johnson too who who just yells and laughs you know during his broadcast um i guess that's the end of my rant i don't know where else to go with this but uh, overall yeah i guess fox's coverage has 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 left a little bit to be desired i don't i just i was weren't we promised a little more though weren't we promised something riveting something intellectually um, stimulating. I think that was thrown out the window when the U.S. Men's National Team missed the World Cup, which is no, sad. No, but, but I think it was. I, I, back to the Iceland messy stuff, or just even in the I don't know, the game following that, all the, the Peru, Denmark, and then Croatia, Nigeria. It was all about Messi. It wasn't about Iceland. It wasn't, you know, Lawless alluded a little bit to it. Like, we are, you know, this is Iceland. You should be expected to see them play like that. And, oh, and by the way, they don't play the most beautiful style of football either. Uh, it's quite boring if you want to ask me. No, it, if you want to watch beautiful soccer, then fine. Go to El Clasico every weekend. You're not going <laughs> to find that in tournament football. You're not going to find that on the or- international stage. Or maybe don't turn into or tune into Iceland, Argentina, because that's what you're going to get when you have a team that's ranked in the top ten in the world versus a team that four years ago or eight years ago or whatever wasn't expected to ever qualify for a World Cup. The, these are the types of games you're going to get where they're just going to play bunker ball. But you know, now, if thing. you want to wait two rounds and you want to get Brazil, Spain, or England, Belgium, or you know whatever. Yeah, maybe you'll see some exciting football. Maybe you'll see, you know, teams actually coming out of their third of the the field and attacking one another. Maybe you'll get a Portugal, Spain. But if you're going to watch a small country that's not known for its soccer versus one of the world powers, it's going to be boring soccer. You you shouldn't have to say that. Here's the thing: people act like defensive soccer is like easier. You know, it's still pretty hard. I mean, I went through and rewatched the Iran Morocco game just to see tactically what was done. And you saw it also in the Mexico-Germany game as well. There was a reason why Germany didn't have any ideas towards the end of the match, that they looked just clueless. And part of it was Mexico just forcing them to just lump in balls into the box and see what happens. Iran did the same thing. 
every time Morocco would receive the ball in the midfield, Iran would press whoever was in the midfield to push them back. And you basically had Benashia and uh, whoever the other center back was for Morocco having the most touches and most, most passes on the team, trying to lump long balls into the final third because they couldn't play through the midfield. They're, they basically made the midfield uh, impossible to break, to break through. And sure, maybe from, you know, it's an exciting point of view. Okay, it's not that exciting because there's no goals, not a lot of action, a lot of stagnant foul play. But that's soccer throughout the world is not going to be, you know, just beautiful 24-7. There, there's going to be games where you're going to sit back, your, t- your, your team has to win. The point of the World Cup isn't to entertain, it's to win. These people have a livelihood. This isn't like FIFA where you play for entertainment and you like try to do some like roulettes and skill moves like that. This is these are people's jobs and their national teams at stake pride. So it's, it's it, you can't expect beautiful soccer throughout but, it. And, and, and it bothered me that you know, Yeah, sorry. No, I would say the funny thing is we're not talking to we're not talking about some fans reaction we're talking to studio analyst we're talking analysts saying this and you sit there and go wait a minute you're getting paid the big bucks to tell me this crap did you exactly It, it, it it just hurts me to know that not only is your country iran getting screwed over by the analyst my country definitely got screwed over by the analyst I'm going to know that all these other countries, like a Senegal, these smaller nations, I'm not going to learn a single jack squad about them. Besides for whoever is the biggest name on the squad. Whether it's Lewandowski, Shakiri, go through the list. Yes, everybody has a star. It- but give me the squad. Tell me about them. What can I expect? You know? And what were we told uh, a month ago or two months ago when you, Stephen, interviewed the – and I forget her name, the representative from – from Fox. Jennifer Pransky, right? Yes. Jennifer Pransky. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Armand. What were we told during that interview? That we would we would get interesting stories about all 32 nations. And we would learn something new about all 32 nations. And four days in, we're on, yeah, we're on day four. Four days in, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I'm just I would like to know what, she, fed what she's in charge Ronaldo of. Messi. Yeah, well, I want to know what she's in charge of. I know she was in charge of features and specials and the graphics and all that. But even then, I haven't seen all that much either. Like, I know it's Neymar. You know, you have the pre-commercial to the game. Like, Neymar having to lift the world on him to join the table with Kaka and Pele and Ronaldinho and Ronaldo. Whatever, right? Or the interview. And the funny thing is, Fox has only interviewed, what, Neymar and Ronaldo. It's like they haven't brought on anybody else. We know enough about the big stars. Like, who are you catering with Neymar to? Do I care what Neymar has to say? Of course he he's going to say what he says. We know that. I mean, how much has Fox uh, really attracted the neutral fan with the World Cup? Either you want to watch the World Cup or you don't. There's no in-between. Especially with that Especially the U.S. The U- there. U.S. out. Yep. Took the words right out, the words right out of my mouth. Especially the U.S. out, you're not gonna get those other people who are just like you know patriotic, and like yeah, USA number one, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna get those people. So and, and let me tell bit- you, I have friends who who not necessarily are the biggest soccer guys, but when the World Cup comes around, they're tuning in. 
Yeah, they're still watching. Yeah, they're I've, still watching. So I, I don't understand mm-hmm. what Fox's hype is about trying to attract the neutral. MLS has to try to attract the neutral. That's their problem. Fox should try to, I don't know, enlighten us. Make the coverage of the games a little more entertaining. Let us know what to expect. How did they not know Switzerland or Iran or whoever would play defensively? Or Denmark would sit back and play this style? How did they not yeah. know that? Iceland would sit in a shell. Of course they would. How would they not know that? Or Argentina would play this style. I know we've gone through a handful of games. But it, it, it comes to the point where I think these analysts are, have no idea what they're doing. Now, the game... The, I guess I guess they want more Russia-Saudi Arabia, you know? 5-0 uh, garbage, uh, garbage play by Saudi Arabia getting caught out uh, multiple times in a counterattack, trying to possess and for some reason just... Pushing up way too high and having the rushes just kill them on the counter. I guess those are a bit more entertaining, huh? Just think about this: the 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 half an hour that we've recorded, we have not talked about a single play on the field. We haven't talked about how good VAR has been. We haven't talked about Cristiano Vars Ronaldo versus Messi. We haven't talked about Neymar, Messi, uh, Ronaldo. We haven't talked about the fact that Germany, Brazil, and Argentina, the first World Cup, that none of them have won their opening game. It, we have not talked about anything on the field for the last half hour, and it's been all about off-the-field antics. That is everything you need to know about U.S. soccer. It's got nothing to do on the field. It has everything to do off the field. Anyway, <laughs> let's rifle through a couple of questions here. 30-second ta- uh, takes. Armand, moment of the tournament so far. Ronaldo's free kick. Brilliant Jake. free kick to get that draw. Uh, I would have to agree. Yeah, that was uh, or Ronaldo's performance in general. In the uh, game, it was, I think it was, that was that was the moment of the tournament so far. Absolutely. And when that freak, I was at uh, some, I was at, I was at a place watching it outside, and that freaky cap when the whole place erupted. It was it, it was it was I, brilliant. Even how did fans nobody Spain know that was crazy. going in? Everybody knew that was going in. The moment that foul happened, you you just knew. You just had a feeling. Ronaldo, the look in his eyes. That the the fact that he was sitting on the hat trick, he just knew it was going in. So and the game a, didn't feel a... like Spain deserved the three points. It it, it was uh, you know a one one split. How about how about Mexico's just triumphant over Germany, and the fact that none of these big nations have really taken anything by the horns, which leads me to believe: could you get somebody like Ronaldo take Portugal into the semis, or you can get a Colombia? Or even say a Poland or Switzerland or even Mexico sneak in, and uh, what's really interesting is now that Brazil and Germany have dropped points, you could have a potential round of sixteen where Germany and Brazil are matched up against each other. I think Mexico played with uh, just heart and effort today that they weren't scared. And Juan Carlos Osorio set them up really well. I was a bit skeptical. I think me and Jake were uh, when they took off Carlos Villa and uh, or Chucky Lozano uh, to kind of bunker down, but it ended up working. And I think they played. I think they deserved all three points. I think they're much better than Germany. And we could see a pretty open tournament. I'm not sure. This is again match day one, match day or a week, match week one, whatever you call it. We could see in the next round of matches that, you know, Germany dismantles whoever they play and whatever, everyone's back to normal. But it's been fun, I can say at least. Yeah. Uh, what are you looking forward most to this upcoming week? Jake? 
that's an interesting question, actually. I guess I really haven't. Uh, I guess I really haven't looked too too deeply into the schedule because I'm I'm just I'm the neutral. You know, I, I don't have anything to look forward to when it comes to my to to watching uh, the World Cup. I guess I would like to see how keep it regional. How Panama, you know, they how, how they can perform against Belgium uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I I believe in qualifying they they allowed the fewest amount of goals in CONCACAF. So I guess I'd like to see how a team like that, who this is their first World Cup, how they fare against the big boys, how they fare against Belgium and, and England. I'm excited for England. I'm I'm this new England that everybody's calling. I'm curious to know if they have a legit squad to make a a run into the semis. Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. would be fun. Yeah. Aron? To be honest with you, it's a, it's a little bit of kind of an off-the-field thing. I want to see the continuation of the usage of VAR and how just how FIFA, you know, who usually just kind of botches things, has made it look so much better than what we see in MLS play. That's been clean, it's been crisp, it's been fast, and you know what they're reviewing. It's 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 been a great job by FIFA to. I mean, obviously, it's on the biggest stage, so they can't really screw it up. I mean, you could have screwed it up in many different ways, kind of like what MLS has been doing right now, but. <laughs> The way, the way VAR has been used has, I think, been awesome. And people who are opposed of it, I think, are slowly getting around because the way it's been used in FIFA, where you know what they're reviewing, you see all the angles that they're using, it's more clear. Because in MLS, you have no idea what they're reviewing. Like, oh, I guess I'm going to guess that they're reviewing this or that. You have no idea. You have no idea what's happening for 90% of things. You see, you watch them. Like the Griezmann. The Griezmann, I think the Griezmann VAR was used fine. And you can it, it just it just it just works. I don't know. It just works so much better. Well, than what's what we, interesting we in MLS. is a lot of the commentary post match has not necessarily been about was this a PK? Was this not? Yeah, maybe a couple matches has it, but majority of the time it's more focused on well, this team couldn't break down this or blah blah blah. There was nothing about the referee, and that's been good. That's a good sign. It's 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 an illustration. Of the fact that FIFA is cleaning the the game up, yeah, maybe maybe today in the Brazil Switzerland game, the referee should have given out a little more yellow cards. But at the end of the day, that's not gonna re- that's gonna sit in the background. It's gonna be more a reflection of the fact that Brazil couldn't create more opportunities. Switzerland mucked up the game, slowed the game down, and didn't let Brazil press. It's good when we're not talking about the referee. I'm excited to see where this tournament goes because. I, it seems to be a little more open, and I don't think the big boys are necessarily all that much bigger than some of the other countries. And it's going to be interesting to see how Fox covers these matches, knowing that they have been criticized for the lack of uh, knowledge or the the lack of informing the viewer. Because it's not just us saying this. It's a lot of the play-by-play guys, it's a lot of the broadcast teams, it's a lot of the studio analysts, they've been on social media criticized for underperforming. Well, up next, listeners, is the counterattack with Jake Watroba. Fast-paced, shifty movement, brilliant skill. It's the counterattack with Jake Watroba.
It's counterattack time here on Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I got one topic for discussion uh, today, boys. Uh, it's it's World Cup. We've been talking a lot about the World Cup on today's episode, and we haven't discussed this this topic. I'm going to introduce here in a moment. Uh, I feel like this this topic comes up once every four years. Uh, but unfortunately, this year, the U.S. men's national team did not qualify uh, to go to Russia. I have one tweet here from Mr. Doug Gottlieb of Fox Sports. So you oh know boy. it's going to be a good tweet, right? It's, That's yeah, always it's a gonna be, take. Oh, it's yeah. Gonna be a, yeah, it's going to be a doozy. Uh, <laughs> four days ago, at the beginning of the World Cup, Doug Gottlieb tweeted, We want to win the World Cup? Get the next Tavon Austin, Tyree Kill, and Russell Westbrook to play soccer. Game over. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> love it. Your, the, the, what, the are your, what are your guys' take on the that, Angels question? A, a terrible so take. Dumb. That's so dumb. So dumb. If if the if, if the United States sent its if the best athletes in the United States played soccer, would we be a world power? It's not about suggestion. Not about the athletics. Gosh, it's. It's it's so it's so frustrating because you see many players that are you know passed over because they're not like the most athletic looking person. Sebastian Giovinco is what like five like two five three something like that. Antoine Griezmann was passed up on because he was too small. Lionel Messi, tiny, stupid association with like athleticism with soccer. Sure, you gotta be a little bit athletic, but there's so much more. And I hate this stupid take. (laughs) <laughs> LeBron James would play soccer. We would win every game. Man, what? Like, no. Just, ah, uh, no. No. It, it's, no. It's, no. It's a bad take. Get out of here, Doug Gottlieb, and your terrible, terrible takes on anything related to sports. They're just all bad. Yeah. He did tweet two hours ago, which also is another hot take. <laughs> uh, the Brazil national team is is the Washington Nationals of soccer, which doesn't make any sense considering that uh, Brazil has won uh, a a few World Cups and the Washington Nationals, uh, well, they're the Washington Nationals and haven't won Wait, 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 why why does he, did he give a reason why? Nope, that was, he just left it at that. That was, I love, I love the hot takes. I love the hot takes. Yeah, nope, he just, you just left it at that. They're you the, they're the make... Brazil's the Washington Nationals of soccer. Well, let's just leave it at that. Honestly, that, that's counterattack. A good, pla- a good place to stop. Yeah, great place. Anyway, listeners, enjoy the World Cup. If you're going to catch the World Cup, maybe tune into uh, Univision. Is it Univision that carries the Spanish broadcast? No, it's Telemundo. Telemundo. Whatever it is, yeah, one of the two. Really, networks. really, really good. And they simulcast some of the games on the NBC Sports Network too, so oh. might be able to catch it on there. It's really, it's really good. I've enjoyed it. I'm also trying to learn Spanish, so that go. might be why. I learn enjoy Spanish it, but... while you're at it. Uh, there you go. Yeah. You, you're gonna I, get, I'll... you'll get better analysis than you'll get on Fox. Hundred percent. But I love, I love Strong and, and Holden. I lo- they're the A team. I, I gotta have them on my, on my soccer games from now on out. It's. It's like Taylor Twellman and um, Ian Dart when they do yeah, the U.S. Men's National ago. Team for for the ESPN. You get so used to their voices. It just... They're classic. They are classic. I yeah. love hearing like when I hear Ian Dark's voice, I just think U.S. Soccer. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, listeners, follow us on Twitter, Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. 
tune in midweek for our Texas perspective of the potential relocation of the Columbus crew. Till next time, peace out. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute, but then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.